0: or go to anchor.fm to get started.
1: On this week's episode of Cultivating Her Space.
0: which human does not
2: love many people at the same time. Give me a break. <laughs> I've coached thousands of people. They all tell me about their high school boyfriend, their college boyfriend, their college girlfriend. They love them, even though they may not be with them. But where does love go? Does it evaporate? Or does it explode? It goes nowhere. It's always in your mind. It's always in your body. You dream about these persons. We all love many people at the same time.
1: Today's episode is sure to provide you with motivation, inspiration, or a fresh perspective. If you have any aha moments or appreciate anything from this episode, please leave us a review to let us know we're on the right track. Also, we release episodes every Friday, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit cultivatingherspace.com to access our exclusive after show and other bonus content from the Patreon tab.
0: Welcome to Cultivating Herspace, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're your hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist,
1: and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be.
0: Hey lady, it's Dr. Dom here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. Do you have a burning question you're dying to get feedback on? Do you want an unbiased perspective on a situation you're facing? If so, visit cultivatingherspace.com and click Ask Dr. Dom under the Start Here option. Every Tuesday, I'll choose a few questions and answer them at random.
1: All right, lady, get ready, get ready. We have a very special guest today in Cultivating Her Space, all right? Let's just go ahead and jump in. Kenya K. Stevens is a relationship expert love coach, best-selling author, wife, and mother of three. Kenya attended Howard University in Washington, D.C., where she graduated in 1997 with a degree in education and child psychology. Not only did she scoop up a degree, but she also met and married a fellow Howard student, Carl Stevens. Together for the past 12 plus years, this power couple has built Juju Mama LLC, now known as Progressive Love Academy, which is a worldwide love coaching conglomerate and online love academy. She and her husband, Carl Stevens, have since been featured in Ebony Magazine, The Monique Show, The Michael Basin Show, Fox News, Dr. Phil, Slut Walk, and over 100 talk radio and television shows. Kenya, welcome to Cultivating Her Space. Thank you. Let's
0: cultivate. I love this.
1: Yes, we are so excited that you're here. Let's just jump on in, Dom.
0: Yes. All right. So, our quote of the day I reserve the right to love many different people at once and to change my prints often. That quote comes to us from Annias Nin, Kenya. When you hear that quote, what thoughts come up for you?
2: Well, first of all, I love Anais Nin, and I really think she's a brilliant writer. But the quote, I didn't even <laughs> I didn't hear what you said because I heard her name. Then I thought of all her quotes, but she believes in freedom. You understand freedom for women and freedom for men, freedom for humans. And I just love everything about her. If you read the quote again, we can dive deeper into it.
0: I reserve the right to love many different people at once and to change my prince often.
2: Oh, lovely. Well, we all love many people at once. That's the surprising thing about her work is that everybody know is true. What how, which which human does not love many people at the same time? Give me a break. I've coached thousands of people. They all tell me about their high school boyfriend, their college boyfriend, their college girlfriend. They love them, even though they may not be with them. But where does love go? Does it evaporate or does it explode? It goes nowhere. It's always in your mind. It's always in your body. You dream about these persons. We all love many people at the same time.
1: Oh, let's dive on. And this is about to be juicy. So can I feel like online your tagline, like the soundbite that people typically share when they're talking about you is like, this is the woman y'all that has two husbands and a boyfriend. You got Kim, who you've been married to for 25 years. You got Tiger, you've been married for seven years and your boyfriend. Oh my gosh, y'all. And we did our research. So we know what happened between you and my Kim. I think it was in your 11th year of marriage. But tell us about how you even started on this journey of relating the way that you relate and sort of digging into the poly life. How did this even start?
2: I think it started just because my husband was always interested in polygyny. Polygyny means that the man can have several partners, but of course the woman cannot. And so I sort of sat on the sideline of our marriage with that one and said, oh yeah, I'm open to that. Like when we first got married, but we were literally monogamous for 12 years. So when he started to say, okay, I'm ready for this polygyny, I said, well, I'm ready for polygyny too, baby. What what are we going to do? Because guess what? I'm from Detroit, Michigan. I am a woman. I'm a very powerful woman. I have a sex drive. I have a desire for more emotional love. So if you're ready, I'm ready. Let's go. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes.
0: (laughs) I love it. I love how you're just like, okay, equal, equality. Like, if, if you want it, if you're going to get it, then I am going to have it too. Right. I'm going to get what I want. I was
2: already not getting enough sex. You guys don't know. I don't know if you're of age, but in 36, 37, 38, your sex drive goes sky high because your uterus is like, oh, we're almost done. Let's hurry up and get more. You know, like, let's get these last chances. In. Your sex drive is phenomenal and crazy from in your entire 40s. So I had a drive. I had desire. I wasn't getting everything in my marriage. Nobody gets everything they want in their marriage. No one. Let me repeat that. No one gets everything they want in their marriage because one human cannot provide it. Let me just say, I want to dive
1: into the next question, but I'm 31 and I thought it was high now. So you're saying that I just have to look forward to... Okay. 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 I'm just processing. All right. That is good to know. Thank you for that confirmation. But the one thing that you said in one of your interviews, which got me was one, Dom and I had a conversation and we noticed that a lot of men are like, yeah, I want to have multiple women and multiple wives. And the question is always, can your ass keep up? And you talked about how you were like, my sex drive is 10 times higher than any man that I know. And I'm like, talk about it. I feel like you just say the things that many people are thinking or feeling, but don't have the maybe courage or language to to share. So can you talk a bit about why do you think there's so much judgment? Because there's so much judgment. People will be bothered. They are triggered by some of these conversations. Where do you think that comes from?
2: I don't know. I don't know anybody <laughs> who's triggered. I mean, I have 30,000 following on Instagram. I have 30,000 following on Twitter, 40, 50 on Facebook. People love this concept. I don't know anybody who's triggered by it. If you are triggered by it, that means you really want it, you know, because you're triggered by wh- either... For one of three reasons: number one, you're triggered because you are that. You know somebody's messy. You triggered because you know you're messy somewhere in your life, and it's easier to yell at somebody else instead of yourself. Number two, you're triggered because it's a potential. You triggered by the Kardashians because you want that kind of money. Okay, you're triggered because you want it. Or number three, you're triggered because it's a pattern. Somebody told you you're not supposed to do this, or this is not a part of your little worldview. Who does this? This is not right. It's not, you know, my mom said we don't do this. So you're triggered because you have a pattern of belief. But everybody know what they want? We want love. We want touch. We want sensuality. We want to be wind and dying. We want to feel good. So what's the problem? Everybody want that.
0: That is so real. So real. So that leads me to my, our next question around what are the most common myths and misconceptions that people have about polyamory?
2: Well, I think that they don't know what the term means. Polyamory literally means many. Poly means many. Amory means loves. Many loves. We all have many loves. I love all three of my kids. I'm polyamorous. Okay. Now, when we want to talk about, oh my God, but it also includes sex. Well, maybe, maybe so, maybe no. All of my relationships don't include sex, but I have many loves. I have many partners, way more than my husband's and my boyfriend. Those are just people you see on Instagram. I have many partners because I love many people. Now, are all of them sexual? No. Would I like some of them to be sexual that are not? Yes. (laughs) Some of my loves are married. Some of my loves are not available, you know, but we all have that. So I think the major misconception is just the definition of the term and people not separating themselves from the reality that we all have many loves.
1: That is so deep, so deep. What would you say to someone who wants to talk to their partner about exploring a consensual non-monogamous relationship? Because you often talk about how... People, are they already out there doing their own thing on the side? So it's like this allows you to be more open and to have transparency. So if there is someone that's listening and they're like, I actually want to talk to my partner about this. Do you have any recommendations on facilitating that conversation?
2: I do. I'm about to do a workshop on that. How to get your partner into polyamory. And so I'm doing a full workshop on that February 7th. I'll give you guys the links. But there are tone, inflection, how to deal with their objections, how to deal with languaging, knowing the terms before you talk to them. So we're going to go into all of that. That is a very important aspect of things because you can't just bring it out and just bulldoze your way into polyamory if you're in a relationship that is monogamous. You have to sort of walk slow and utilize tools that support you with that communication.
0: So as I'm listening to this, and you're you know you're saying that you're you're hosting a workshop. So, what do we do if our partner is not interested, but it's something that we are curious about?
2: Oh, there's a lot you can do. That's what we're going to talk about in the workshop. But what you don't want to do is sit there and let your needs and desires rot, because that means you're letting yourself rot. Okay, so. I have ways to support my clients. I have thousands of clients all over the world. As I said, we've been in business for 16 years. Okay, so a lot of people are new to this, but we're not new to this. So we have techniques and tools to support you in getting your needs met. We have a concept, for instance, called authenticity versus honesty. A lot of people believe I have to be honest, 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 honest. The only thing honest means in Western culture is what did you do with your penis or vagina? Okay. Honesty does not mean, are you sick? What are your bills? Are you on your cycle? Are you, you know, it doesn't mean anything beyond what have you done in the past, present, and what you're thinking of doing in the future with your genitals. That's what honesty means. That's what it means. When is the last time you said, oh, you weren't honest with me. You didn't tell me you had that phone bill and that you needed help with that. That's not what honesty means. And I'm tired of this definition of honesty. It's, it's ridiculous. So we deal with authenticity. Authenticity may mean I have some needs that are not being satisfied in this relationship. You don't have to say oh, what you did and what you're doing and what you're planning to do. That's nobody's business. There are people who are not even married. Not even married. Proclaiming what they're going to do with their genitals to their partner. You're not married. You poly. Everybody single is poly. Now, I'm just trying to get real here, (laughs) y'all.
0: Yes, we, you know, what's so funny about that statement is Terry and I were having that conversation ahead of time, you know, ahead of this interview that, and I said that exact same thing, that if you are single and you are dating multiple people, then you are poly. And so then I guess what folks may have the question on is, Or where folks may struggle is if I'm in a marriage and our societal perception, expectation, description of a marriage is a monogamous relationship. And so then how do we make that shift?
2: How is our societal description that marriage is a monogamous relationship when there are two facts on the table? Fact number one, 66% of those married today are having adulterous affairs. That's more than asshole. Uh Proclaim. Now who is proclaiming that marriage in America means, oh, we are exclusive. Uh, That's number one. Okay. Delete. (laughs) Fact number two, (laughs) why y'all laughing? Fact number two, for real guys, what are we saying? You're saying that monogamy means marriage or marriage means monogamy. Is that what we're saying? Humans are not a monogamous species. That's fact number two. If, if, if you take a species, we're, okay, so we're not amphibious. We cannot live in the water and we cannot live on land and in the water. That's amphibious. You can live either in the water or in the land. We can go swimming, but we cannot live in the water. So why are we trying to purport that humans should have this monogamous marriage? When we're not a monogamous species, that's just like saying, go ahead and live with the dolphins for a week. You might be able to live out there for for six hours, but you're going to come back into the shore because you're not amphibious. We're not monogamous species. So I don't know where monogamy came into marriage if we're not a monogamous species.
0: When I hear that, I think about and I think why I was laughing is because you made it so plain, right? Like you just made it so clear. Like, no. This doesn't make any sense. Right. Like, let's let's look at your definition. Like, no, how you're defining marriage does not make
2: sense. Right. Fact number three, as soon as marriage was invented, it was only invented 10,000 years ago. Humans are 280,000 years old as a species. So it was only four percent of our humanness that we've been practicing monogamy. Right. But as soon as monogamy was invented, prostitution was inserted into the society. Men have never been expected to be monogamous. So what are we talking about? Marriage is not about monogamy at all in Western culture. It may be for women, but I've ended that. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Now,
1: Can you you talk about so in the Progressive Love Academy, what are some of the things that you work with couples on? Because I know that although that's not a you don't practice monogamy, you support couples that are interested in monogamy along with the poly lifestyle. So what are some of the things that you teach in the academy for all couples?
2: Absolutely. To all couples, we teach communication skills. See, because I don't believe that every couple is ready for polyamory. Absolutely not. You have to know how to conduct yourself in a relationship. So we teach relationship tools that they don't require you to obtain when you get married. When you're driving a car, you get a license. That license requires a test and a road test and a blah, blah, blah. When you get married, just go sign the paper. They don't test you. Are you a ghoster? Are you a person who doesn't express your feelings? Are you a person who is not sexual? Are you a person who doesn't know what you want sexually? Can't talk about, you know, so those are the types of skills and tools we teach in Progressive Love Academy. And we support couples in being authentic. That's another thing they don't teach. How do I just really show up authentically with my partner? Amazing. No training for that. Now,
1: one thing you mentioned in some of your other interviews, you talked about this very interesting concept of relating to your husbands and boyfriend or your partners, the lovers that you have. You talked about the womb choice, the support choice. I'm like, tell us about these different choices and how you relate to the men that are in your life. Because you did mention in one of your interviews that you don't have intimate relationships with women. Because I know people are always like, do y'all have threesomes? Do y'all do this? So tell us all your business, can (laughs) you? (laughs)
2: I don't have much business. I'm very sexually conservative. I would love to have relationships with women, but I have a blockage to that as yet. And so I'm working on that. I hope to uncover and open that before this lifetime is over. In terms of threesomes, no, we don't do that. I have my own bedroom. My husbands have a bedroom. I I sleep with them when I want to ask them into my room or they ask me into their room. But we don't have exciting sex life. We're not swingers. I don't desire casual sex. I desire sex with my committed partners, and they're all my partners for life. And I do put them into choice categories. It's something we call the choice paradigm. That's something you can learn at Progressive Love Academy. But two of the choices out of five are the womb and the support. So a womb choice is that guy. He is that guy. You just meet him and you constantly, you automatically just, your, your, your vagina does a Kegel. Oh yeah, you know, you, <laughs> you want you want to immediately be riding him, you know? And so that's oh. a womb choice is from your root chakra. And you just feel it. You know it. That's a woman's wit and a woman's intuition. The support choice is more that guy that you meet and you just feel like telling him all your business. You want to walk through the mall with you. You just want him to come over Netflix and chill. Don't try to have sex with me, just you're my friend. People usually friend zone those types. I don't have to friend zone those types. Because those are very useful men, they will do what you need done. You know they are honey do list, but so I don't, I don't friend zone them. I make them my partner. I can be with a womb choice and a support choice. Most women are looking for a womb, a support, all the choices in one guy, and then they it's it's very challenging because I've never seen a couple that has all the choices ever. That's not the way we're set up.
0: That makes so much sense to me that. Because what we are socialized to believe is that that we're not that we're supposed to find the perfect partner. But Mm -hmm. the reality is that we're not like our partner. If we have one single partner is never going to have. Every check off every box that we are looking for. And so. As you work with couples in figuring out, navigating, introducing new partners, what are some of the conversations that you have with them around how to choose new partners?
2: Yeah. Well, first they have to go through the four steps of open love, which we share at the Academy. The second thing they have to do is really understand what choice their husband is or their wife is. So my first husband is my crown choice. That's more cerebral. We connect spiritually. We were we knew each other in the past life. We talk all night. That's that crown choice, right? I've created these choices because I knew them. I'm a woman. We We know this stuff, ladies, and we're not talking about it. But I talked about it, and I wrote a whole book about this, okay? It's called The Nine Expressions of Love. So what I'm saying is that when we go into the relationship, we need to know what it is. And we are responsible for uh, uh, letting the man know because we're the choosers. So we're responsible for letting the man know where we're placing him in our life, what choice he is, so that he can do a better job of fulfilling that choice. Instead, we go in and say, I want you to do more of this. Instead of enjoying the choice that he is. Oh, we're soulmates. We connect. to I want you also to be a support choice. Be with me emotionally. I want you to also be a womb choice. I want passionate sex from you. I I, I want you to also be, you know, it's like the guy starts to get overwhelmed. Then we wonder why they're ghosting. It's like, I, I can't do all of this. But then on the guy's side, they want to be able to do all of this. They're ghosting because they don't feel successful. Men have to feel successful with you or they will not be in a relationship with you long term. Period and point blank. And I teach women how to help men be successful. So they're always winning with you. And this is one way to do it too. You have to know what choice you are in that relationship. So you're not constantly trying to get more.
1: That is so amazing. And like you said, it makes so much sense when you hear it. It's non, it's non-conventional because we haven't been taught it. So lady, if you're listening, you're probably like, what the hell they talking about on this podcast? But I mean, it makes sense, right? So, you, one thing you talked about is with your husband, your first husband, husband number one, Rakim. You talked about, or he talked about, in one of your interviews about feeling jealous in the beginning because he was like, "Oh, I'm down with the polygyny," but she was like, "Okay, well, I'm gonna have me some polygyny too and get me somebody." And he was jealous. How men? I know they don't have egos or anything, but like, how do we approach that with your partner's ego or jealousy on either side? Right when when you have these conversations, or you delve into this new way of relating.
2: Yes, women have egos too. Men have egos and women have egos. You know, we're we're all equally masculine and feminine on the inside. We all have all of that. So what we have at the academy is the up-level communication system, which gives us the seven soothings of the ego. So the the ego needs to be soothed. The ego needs compassion. You got to hold space for your partner's ego. And so we show our clients and our members how to do that. If you don't know how to do that, you're just not ready for any relationship, poly or mono. You have to know how to soothe your partner's ego. If you don't, just forget about it. It's going to be a constant fight. I haven't argued with any of my partners in years. There's nothing to argue about. If their ego is up, I'm going to soothe it. If my ego is up, they're going to soothe me. And so that is a science, okay, created and written by a couple of African descent in the United States of America. And we wrote this system and it is there. It is for anybody who wants to learn it and use it. It's called up level.
0: That's
1: amazing. Dom, I see your facial expression. So go ahead and dive in. Cause I see you like, oh snap.
0: (laughs) I love it because as a therapist, I think about the things that we as like that therapists work with couples on, right. And You're touching on those things like communication being like central that if you have a need and first you have to kind of be aware of what your needs are. Right. Like you have to be willing to acknowledge what your needs are and then communicating those needs. But then it also sounds like what you're saying is that your partners, you all have developed this level of intimacy, like emotional intimacy and bondedness, where you know how to support one another. Even if it's not your support choice.
2: Yes, oh sure. You gotta, I do this with all my choices. I do this with my children. I do this with my parents. I use up level in every aspect of life because it's empathetic. English is a language of war. That's what sometimes it feels like therapists don't understand that you have to shift the paradigm. It's the whole paradigm. It's not this person and their problems or this person there. It's the concern of Western culture. It, it, it's a language and a system of war and it, it, it is perpetual war. And so what up level does is it shifts the paradigm and it says, you know what? Uh Uh-uh. When a person is speaking from their ego, that's just where they are. Part of our system is that they have to say that this is just my ego speaking. You've done nothing wrong. This is just my ego. And then they can go ahead and vent. And then I'm off the hook. I don't have to take it personal because they said it's like a dog speaking. It's their animal. It's their ego. This is our system. It is ingenious and incredible. And uh, we've taken couples who haven't had sex for years. 40% of American couples are sexless. They didn't tell y'all that. Did they teach y'all that in y'all school? 40% 40% what? because of lack of emotional intimacy. And so our communication system brings back that emotional intimacy where you can hold space for your partner. And that's what we do. That's, you can't do poly without that system, period. It's too hard. If my husband comes in and says, I'm jealous, I'm feeling a, I say, oh, what's going on? And he said, oh, I'm sorry. It's just my ego speaking. You've done nothing wrong. I'm at a level whatever. And need to have safety. That's the system. Okay. And then I can just say, oh, and I can provide one of the seven soothings until he's down to a zero. Yeah. That's it. Just because he's jealous don't mean I did something wrong.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you've got to come in and try to fix it, right? Oh. That is so incredible. What would you say is the biggest challenge or paradigm shift that you notice with couples when they're transitioning into a polyamory lifestyle?
2: That they can have whatever they want. You know, most people are not privy to the concept that they can have whatever they want. You are an autonomous being, even if you are in a relationship. And they just don't know that they can create the vision that they feel is desired. I wanted two husbands in my house. That's what I want. So I created that. Now we have the technology, and that's what we support our clients and our members with.
0: I keep finding myself speechless in the sense that it makes sense to me right when i think about like my training and and i hear you on how we've been all socialized in western culture right and i think about like my own my clinical training has been in western culture and one of the things that i've really been focused on of late is tapping into like liberation psychology and African-centered psychology and really understanding how to undo, like you said, this Western way of thinking about things. And I think the beautiful thing to me that I'm seeing is that despite the differences, there are some commonalities, right? That no matter what your perspective is, And I think that, lady, as you're listening, even if you are finding yourself hesitant to be receptive to this conversation that we're talking about, I think the beautiful thing that we can all come back to is that we all want love, that no matter how we are really getting it, like what approach we're taking to get it, the goal is the same, that we all want love. And so Kenya, as you think about some of the biggest like challenges that Progressive Love Academy has had to encounter, what would you say those biggest challenges have been?
2: Well, the challenges have been, wow, how do we, now I'm a psychology major and I graduated from Howard University, but the challenge for me has been like, where does this information fit? Does the field of psychology want it? Because this is indigenous information, you know? (laughs) So who wants it? You know, it's it's more of like, here are the goods. We've written 14 books. We've raised three children. They're in college. One of them works for Progressive Love Academy. We, we are a successful family. We run a successful company. We have a successful ideology. Who, who would like it? You know, you have a segment of people who these are the unhappily married. These are people who, you know, they, they are unhappily married, but they want to keep their family. But it's a challenge to, like, step outside the box. Well, we have a tool for that. But how do we come close to her? It's scary. That's scary. Having what you want. That's scary. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so that's been our biggest challenge is who would like these goods and services? Here we are. You've been here 16 years. We're just now on your podcast, you see? And so what I'm saying is that we have to have a market. We have to have people who are courageous and bold and powerful enough to know that we're more than this. We're more than this 55% divorce rate. We're more than all these broken homes. We are more than all these unhappy women that people call B-I-T-C-H when actually they just underfucked and need orgasm and need to have what they want. Okay, so I'm saying we're beyond this, but you have to be willing to take that first step. If you're scared of it, then you may not be ready. But gosh, we're here. We got all the tools. Let's go.
1: You better preach. Okay, Kenya, I will say you mentioned your children and in doing research, I found one of your daughter's Instagram, the one who is part, I don't know if we want to say her name publicly, but she is part of the progressive Sanu, I believe her name is. She's a coach there. And to be what, 20 years old, I mean, her intellect just the the knowledge that she has. I saw a post, one of her birthday posts where she just bragged about her mother. And I literally saw the post and I was like, I hope my child talks about me like this one day, because when you have this paradigm shift, you're able to give that to your children. It's like generational health and wealth, right? In a way, can you talk a bit about what have you taught your children and what has it been like for them to grow up in this non-traditional environment? I'm sure their friends don't have the same type of Home life that they've had with you know two dads and or I don't know if they if you call that they call the other husband dad but how does that how does that all work can you?
2: Well, their friends don't have the same home life. Most of their friends' parents are divorced. Okay, so that's number one. Number two, you know, like, come on. So number two, you know, they're going in between houses. They're very unhappy. They come to my house for solace. They come to my house for 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 sanity. Okay. And so that's what their friends have done. We've taught their friends all about Tantra and sensuality and communication and connection and what love means and that they can have anything they want. And this is how to become a manifester, a powerful manifester on this planet. So that's why, you know, you see my daughter's Instagram. She knows she can have whatever she wants and she knows that she can manifest it from the powers within her. And that's the type of psychology that we teach our children. They have benefited, you know, my son is i t he's graduated is his senior year in college he's in University of Michigan. My other son is leaving he's eighteen. These are humans who know that they can create what they want. it's not based on somebody else's tradition. they know that they create their own traditions, and that's been a powerful lesson for my children I'm, I wouldn't have it any other
0: way that is so beautiful, you know, I think about just the I'm not a parent, but I love my role as auntie. Mm -hmm. And I think about like just in my role as an auntie, like just the level of responsibility that I feel for building up their emotional intelligence. And so I am just in admiration of how you all have been able to cultivate three beautiful human beings. And now they're going to go out and they are spreading the love to others.
2: They don't have to be polyamorous. They can be whatever they want. My oldest son is in an exclusive relationship. I think when young couples get together, they need a time of exclusivity to learn how to relate. Even a new partner that I might have, I might give that person a time of exclusivity so that we can bond So they know how to go back and forth between needs and between wants and desires. But uh, the sexuality piece is very important too. You say I I would never send a young girl out in this world without being sexually empowered and understanding that her pleasure is her power and that she, she needs to understand her authentic yes and her authentic no. So she saw her mother follow her authentic yes and follow her authentic no. What better example can I set? Typically, we teach girls, just know what you know. Say no, say no, say no. These girls want pleasure, just like these women. They're humans. So that's what we've been able to teach our children, teach our sons, how to respect anyone who opens and chooses them. We told our sons, the feminine is the chooser. You know, you don't don't need to chase women. See who's choosing you. That's how you do that. So it's a whole different mindset that we've given them. And thank you for the acknowledgement. We we've really enjoyed raising them.
1: I will say, Kenya, it's so admirable to see someone who is so liberated and free. Like you can tell that you're living your best life. Okay, I know some people, like you said, there are some people in your community that are like, yeah, this is amazing. And there are some people that They're triggered when they hear these conversations. But for you personally, have you always been this free and open and confident? Or was there a time in your journey where you had to do some personal work to sort of get to that place, you know?
2: Oh, I'm always having to do personal work. The other day, I just found out that I have this addiction to rejection. And so that's the beauty of our communication system is that once my husband's calm my ego and soothe my ego, then I tell them the real truth. And I say, you know what, it's this feeling that I get when you say no to me, and I remember this feeling from childhood, and I've become so used to it that I am addicted to it. And so, you know, I set it up to where I'm going to have that feeling again. You understand? So we talk, you talk about psychology, our whole house. (laughs) That's what we talk about. Oh, I did this. Well, why are you doing that? Once they're calmed down and the ego gets out the way, now we can have a real conversation about what's really going on. And so we do that with our children. I do that with my husbands. It's so beautiful, but it's, it's mandatory. It's mandatory that people know you on that deeper level. I forgot your question, but I was just sharing that the personal work is never (laughs) ended.
1: I think you hit the nail on the head, but I was just thinking like the courage that it takes to look at yourself and see yourself in the mirror. I mean, I think people don't, may not understand how much personal work and how secure you have to be and the level of self-awareness. Some people don't want to face themselves. They're like, fuck that. I'm not trying to look in the mirror. I don't want to see that shit. I don't want to address it. But this is, although it's so new for some folks, the level of just openness and transparency and authenticity is just mind-boggling. I mean, it's amazing, but it's also mind-boggling because you don't see that every day, right? I was telling Don before the episode, I'm like, you know what? I know women. Who are married and who will listen to this episode and they will be like "Oh my gosh this is crazy I can't believe it but they're married and they have they cheat on their husbands and have multiple partners outside of that but the idea of doing something in a way that's I guess that's more transparent it's bizarre to them do you
2: ever see that in your work I suppose that i I do or did i I, I really I only attract who and what I am so most of the people who come to me and find me like I'm invisible to people who are not where that's everybody. You're invisible to people who are not on your vibration. So typically, no, I don't get people who are like, oh my God, I can't do this. This is crazy. No, I don't know really a lot of people like that. And I know thousands and thousands of people. Like, I live in the new paradigm. I've created my own new earth. You know, these are the powers that we have. I'm trying to let y'all know and the universe is trying to let y'all know too. That's why you're hearing my voice because it's time. We can no longer sit in somebody else's shadow. So, yeah, I don't get many people like that. But if I did, I would immediately engage the tools because if they found me, they're ready. Bottom line.
1: And I do have to ask, I know that you do not strike me as the person that really cares what other people think. But I know that your family, like is everyone in your family, like your husband's family, is everyone on board? How do holidays work? Because you know how families can be. So tell us about that. How does that all work?
2: No, I took hubby too to Thanksgiving this year. Our families know we're getting married. We have wedding ceremonies planned. You know, my hubby two is from a Jehovah's Witness family. We're trying to get his family to come to our wedding, which my husband will be officiating.
0: <laughs>
2: hubby one will be officiating that wedding. <laughs> I mean, we're trying to get them to understand this normal. Like it, my family, like if my family tried to raise some smoke with me about this. I would just go ahead and talk about all the aunties, all the uncles, all the divorce, all the cars broken into, people killed, people bashing the head. Don't talk to me about it. Okay. That's, I think, where my confidence comes from. It comes from logic. Like, do not talk to me about it. Look at the state of our families. Are you serious right now? You're saying you have a concern with my child having two husbands, two fathers, many fathers, many mothers, and there's people out here, and they raising the kids by themselves? You're telling me what about the problem? So it's no. that my confidence comes from logic. That's it.
0: So speaking of logic, for those who like are listening and they're interested. How does one because I, I know that in certain states, it's not legal. To have more than one marriage. So from a logistical standpoint, like how does that work for folks?
2: Okay, so we're still talking about the state. We're still talking about western culture. We're still talking about being in the shadow of somebody else's traditions. We're still not emphasizing the creation of our own traditions. I don't need to go get somebody to say, "Hey, you could be married to this person." I don't need that with hubby two. I did that with hubby 1 because my parents made us. I was 21 when I got married. <laughs> I'm 46 today. And so, you know, when I when I go and Think about that time. My parents wanted us to go get the state license. We did it for them. I don't need that at this point in my life. That's not even anything of importance to me. But if people feel that they need that, I think I, I I like marriage. Like, I would not trade being married for 25 years for the world. I enjoy my partner. He's my king. He's my best friend. He's the love of my life. And I just enjoy that. But And I want to get married to more people and we can do that without the state.
1: I love it. I love it. I love it. Kenya, this has been so insightful. We are so grateful for this conversation and we cannot wait to see the feedback that we get. But we want to switch up the energy just a little bit and invite you to this segment that we have. So because we recognize, appreciate and celebrate the multifaceted woman and believe that it's okay to be classy. And ratchet, and you can still be elegant and dance to strip club music. We want to invite you to the OU Clatchet segment. So, Kenya, do you take on the challenge?
2: Of course, I take on every challenge. Let's go.
1: Yes. Yes. All right, all right.
0: (laughs) All right. So, twerk or two step? Twerk. I feel like, you know, before I even asked, I felt like it was going to be too easy.
1: Yes, no question. Just, yeah, We twerking, we twerking. Right. Now, what song gets you on the dance floor at the club or party? Like, what's that song where you're like, oh, y'all, hold up, hold my drink, hold my whatever I got, hold my stuff. Let me go up on the dance floor. What is that song for you?
2: I like WAP recently. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I don't, I don't be having time to listen to music because I'm always on the phone with clients. But most recently, I thought that was a brilliant song. I mean, it is a brilliant revolutionary concept that we can celebrate our own vagina we can celebrate our own sensual organs. Like, why why wouldn't we? Why haven't we been? It's fabulous.
0: Yes. All right. As we're celebrating our vaginas, <laughs> what would be your stripper name?
2: Oh my gosh. Can y'all give me one? I don't know a stripper name. Diamond. Diamond. I like Diamond. I love it hey, Okay, At The Players Club
1: vibe Okay, we like it, we like it Now we're going to switch up and get to our classier questions So, Kenya, when you think about how you want to be remembered in this life How would you say that you want to be remembered?
2: As a revolutionary woman, an empathic woman, an intuitive woman Who expanded the concept of love And brought empathy and compassion back to Western culture And Western relationships
0: Yes, okay One final question. What is the one thing that you wish people would ask you in interviews that no one seems to ask?
2: How they can book coaching with me?
0: (laughs) Perfect (laughs) setup. (laughs)
1: That is a great segue. (laughs) Great segue. Let's do it. How can we book coaching with you, Kenya?
2: All right. You can follow me on Instagram. I am Progressive Love Academy. There you'll find my profile and you can use my links. You can always book a free one hour discovery call with me. Free, I say free. One hour discovery call with me if you're married 10 years or more and you are looking to move from monogamy to polyamory. That's my specialty.
1: Kenya, thank you so much for chatting with us. This was, again, such an insightful conversation. We appreciate you. You did share how folks can book a call with you. Is there anything else that you're promoting or any services or products you want to lead them to so they can connect with you? Because I have a feeling that after this conversation, if they don't know I already know about Kenya Stevens, they're going to be like, where's she at? How can I find her? So let them know.
2: I have a free Facebook group. I'll give you that link that you can use. And we're doing that workshop on how to get your partner into polyamory, how to have that scary conversation and make, I'm going to make it much less scary. It's going to be so easy. You're going to be just like talking about a television show. It's going to be so easy. So that workshops on February 7th. And then of course my Facebook private group.
1: Thank you so much, Kenya. No problem. Hey lady, it's Terry here from Cultivating Her Space. Are you tired of working hard for your money? Do you want your business to run smoothly when you're out of office? If you want to learn how to automate your business cash flow and increase your impact and influence, join me for my free workshop at brandwithterry.com. Again, that's brandwithterry.com. My name is spelled T-E-R-R-I. Hope to see you there, lady.
0: Thanks for joining us today. Please note that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health, but is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, psychology today, or contact your insurance provider.
1: If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, visit our website, cultivatingherspace.com, and be sure to click the Patreon tab to get access to video content, bonuses, and our weekly after show. And before we meet again, repeat after me,
0: I am aligned with my inevitable outcome. We'll see you next week, lady.